Voices of Upstream is the official podcast of the Upstream Initiative. Upstream is a celebration of Minnesota's natural places and the people who care for it. I'm Andy Goldman Gray, Initiative Director for Upstream. Upstream is a love letter to Minnesota, and we lift up and tell the stories of how we, as Minnesotans, care for our places and our people. We're doing it because Minnesota is special, and we have a common love of our state, and we all agree on the need to care for it. In our travels and conversations from all across our great state, from the Arrowhead to the Red River Valley, Austin to East St. Paul, we've witnessed something amazing, a shared value of caring for our natural places. It's evident that across what may seem like big differences, our geography, our ethnicity, our politics, we all love where we live, and we all take steps to be good stewards of Minnesota. So this podcast is a way to introduce you to some of the people we've met who love and care for this state. We're going to their favorite places, parks, forests, lakes, fields, the places they find special. We're going to find out what makes their places special to them and hear from them about how they care for their places. Today we're at Boom Island in Minneapolis with Pahua Yang Hoffman. Pahua is an upstream advisor and works at Health Partner where she leads the community and government relations functions. Pahua is an adventurer for all season and find things to do outdoors all year round, most recently picking up snowshoeing as a way to enjoy winter. Great to be with you in your favorite natural place today. How are you? Hi, Andy. I'm doing great. I love being outside, and certainly this is one of my favorite places. Thank you for joining me here. Yeah, so describe where we are to our listeners. So like you said, we're at Boom Island, and so what I'm seeing is is the river here in the background, uh, beautiful uh, cityscape of downtown Minneapolis as well. Um, the flowers are blooming, the trees green, there are people walking around, some with their pets. Um, there's some of people even cooking out um, on this late afternoon. So it's, this is what I love about Boom Island is I tell people I'm both a city girl, but I love being outside. And so when you're here, you get the best of everything. So being outside is, you know, it's five senses worth of activity. So in addition to what you see, the cityscape and the blooming uh, flowers, tell us what you hear and what you smell. Like what, what are the other senses that we have here at Boom Island? Yeah, you know, I think one can appreciate like when you're walking through a park, you, you hear the muted sound of a conversation that's happening. You only catch like a little bit of it. Like, I love that. Um, I mentioned earlier, there's someone cooking. And so just the smell of, of, of grilled food, it smells like bratwurst. Um, and I think, you know, being outside, that's why we do it, right? Is to get all those senses um, going. So hearing conversations, just picking up a little bit um, what you're smelling, whether it's the blooms on the trees or, or someone cooking um, along with the visuals is I think why we want to take a break, um, especially now when we're still working from home, some of us, and being heavy on Zoom and on the screen, like it's good to take a break, a Zoom break. And even when I can't get to Boom Island, I just know I need to shut down my computer and just take a walk around the block just to, again, be outside, see people, see plants, see trees, um, maybe bump into a friend if you happen to to bump into. And that that's, I think, why we enjoy living in Minneapolis. Certainly, I, that's why I like living here. Yeah, so why is Boom Island important to you? How does this sort of relate to your day-to-day -day activities or the things you do that, that brings you calm and peace? 
Well, I think people largely know Bloom Island because it's it's like the summer destination or the 4th of July destination to see fireworks. Um, so I think when I mention Bloom Island, they think about it in that, in that way. Um, for me, uh, my husband and I uh, like to have several walking routes. And one of our favorite walking routes is coming through Bloom Island. So what we'll do is we'll start off at um, St. Anthony, Maine, near the Wild Roast Cafe. We'll walk to the Stone Arch Bridge. We'll cross over it. Like, as I'm talking to you, I can imagine doing this. We'll walk across the Stone Arch Bridge. We'll turn a left, uh, a right, and we'll go down. We'll pass the a new Awamni restaurant. Congratulations to Sean for, wearing, for winning Beards Award for his new restaurant. And then we'll cross over the bridge um, and onto Boom Island. And so it's it's a three and a half mile route. And so for 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 me, it's a it's like together time, right? So we're we're on this walk. We generally do this walk on the weekends, uh, and we do it all year long. So to see the uh, seasons change as we continue this walk uh, throughout the year. Um, we have, you know, obviously it's it's warmer weather now, but we do this walk even in the wintertime. And it's great to see uh, people out. I don't know that people have, I've seen people snowshoe. You mentioned that a little bit ago, but um, this is a great park to experience um, all year long. So, well, we have our reservations at Omni in August. We finally landed some, we're excited about that. Oh, I had a really great 7.30 time slot and I let it go and I've never been able to get another one. So oh. I, I imagine it would be even that much harder now that he's won that award. Yeah, maybe we'll see if we can expand the invite. See if we can get yeah. two more seats at the table and invite you. Please, call me. I will. Um, so upstream, in addition to celebrating these beautiful places that we share outdoors is about caring for a place. How do you care for your place? Hmm. I mean, I think one can think about that in a number of ways. Right, so as, as, as I go on these walks, um, like if you notice uh, things on the ground that need to be picked up, maybe someone just forgot, like it can be as simple as that, right? Just, just making sure that the park's a little cleaner so that we all can enjoy the beauty of our parks. Um, I think taking care of place, you can go one step further and um, do some intentional volunteering. You know, one thing that I did, we did notice, um, not this year, but last year, they were cleaning all the buckthorn and there were like four or five um, dedicated volunteers really cutting back um, the bushes. And um, they seem to have a, a, a pretty intensive process of clearing. But I just think about those folks and I think they're not paying pay to do this. We went and talked to the volunteers. We were like, what are you doing? They're like, we're cleaning this buckthorn. In fact, they were doing it so that they could plant new trees. And so I just think about um, there are many ways to be engaged. So whether you're just a passerby and you notice something, or if you really want to go a step further, there are um, so many ways you can get involved to take care of place. And so um, that example is just one. Um, and then I also am a board member of the Minneapolis Parks Foundation. And so that's one way that I'm taking care of places. You know, in my board service, I always try to um, find an organization that um, is parks related, green space related. So before the Minneapolis Parks Foundation, I was a board member of Twin Cities Tree Trust. 
where I was a youth worker back when I was age 13 and um, putting down mulch and building new park trails. And so that's just always been a part of, of my life. And I think um, while that's something you want to dedicate time to or whether you just want to take a look at your parks in a different way and figure out a way to um, take care of place that you know fits with your, your lifestyle and the time that you have to give it. I think we can do a number of things. So tell us how, when you're out in nature, this special place for you, how does it make you feel? Like, why is this important to you? You know, I think we're always trying to find a sense of belonging. And I think when I come here, I feel connected to our city. Um, you know, I live in Minneapolis and I live, you know, just south of downtown on Eat Street. And I love my neighborhood. I love Whittier, but it is not the most picturesque place. It's a little rough around the edges, which is exactly why we like living on that street. But sometimes I just want, um, I want to see people like laying on the grass, playing with their dog, um, feeling like winter's over and we're finally out and like we're shedding all of our heavy um, layers. And I don't see much of that where I live. And so I like to come to these more, you know, wider open spaces. So for me, it's like literally breathing out loud with other people and feeling a reconnection to, again, just green space, seeing the city skyline looking so pretty. Um, it reminds me of why we continue to put, put up with the very cold winters we have, right? It's this kind of weather. All right, Sapua, you're one of the busiest people I've ever met. Uh, you're on board after board and committees, and you're just really involved in your community. How do you make time to be outdoors? How do you find the time to take your walks and enjoy the leisure and quiet that the outdoors provides? Well, I, I, I often don't have the time during the workday, but if I'm working from home, and that's one of the beauties of being able to work from home during COVID is you can take a little 10 minute walk or you can take a little five minute just going outside. Um, but I, I do make time to be outside. That's definitely after work. And on the weekends, I've become much more disciplined about not working. So really taking time to really turn off my brain from work, being outside, being with family, being with friends. So I think it's something that we all have to just make time for. So with all due respect to your husband, if you can invite one person to be in this special place with you right now, who would it be and why? Ooh. So besides my husband? But besides okay. your husband. All right. I do spend quite a bit of time with Brian, so he won't feel bad if I say this. But I have a friend who lives in Stillwater, and she lives in the rural part of Stillwater. So um, I feel like all winter long, we never see each other. You know, we, we talk on the phone. We might see each other on Zoom. So if there was somebody I would want to see right now, this moment, enjoying this like beautiful weather and smell this cherry blossom with me, it would be my friend Angela, because I just don't get to see her enough. Nice. So when you were growing up, was being outdoors a big part of your um, family history, your culture? So tell us about being outdoors and being in nature as part of growing up in the Yang household. Yeah, I have a huge extended family. So, I mean, I can't even count all my cousins, um, my aunt and uncles. And so I just feel like growing up, um, we never, no one had a house big enough to house all of us. And so I have this joke about how we know every park pavilion that one could rent <laughs> to uh, have a family outing or have a, have a lunch or have a cookout or a family reunion because 
outside space was an extension of our living room. It had to be because we just didn't have enough space at home. Even in someone's backyard, there wasn't enough room. And so to be out in a park such as this one at Boom Island or you know Interstate Park or Taylor's Falls, um, Fort Snelling State Park, these are parks that um, were definitely part of my childhood growing up and uh, very, very great memories of being with family. So upstream is a lot about the stewardship we have for our places, our natural places. How do you care for your outdoor places? Well, I do this in a couple ways. I think, you know, the parks surrounding where I live in Whittier, and again, I know it's not the most glamorous place, but I think the biggest difference we can make is the area right around where we live. So I think, you know, I might come all the way out here for a walk, but it's the area and the green spaces that I definitely want to take care of near where I live because I, I want to be proud of it. Um, it's doing simple things like if you see something on the ground and someone didn't clean up after themselves, just, just do it so that the next person doesn't have to do that. Um, I also get the privilege of serving on the Minneapolis Parks Foundation Board. So in that way, at a higher level, I'm working with others who enjoy our parks, our open spaces, who have committed themselves to fundraising to keep our beautiful parks the way they are for not only the people who can enjoy them now, but for future generations. So I would say in the smallest ways and also in the most future looking ways, um, I do my part. And what's one way you'd encourage Minnesotans of all stripes to be outdoors and take care of our places? What, what do you think is the most important thing for people to do? I think find a place that you love and keep going to it. Because I think, you know, Boom Island's become a place for me because the repetition of constantly being here and over time you see little things. You see, oh, today, you know, the river is really high or, um, oh, look, there's new, you know, um, playground equipment. I think those things, those observances, those witnessing those things tie you to a place. And so, you know, maybe in your head, just mentally take a note. You don't have to do it in a formal way, but say, hey, I'm going to adopt this place as one of my places I want to uh, put into my regular schedule to visit or to spend time in. So you've worked in a lot of different places. You've told me a little bit about your time at Citizens League and you're at the St. Paul Minnesota Foundation. Yeah. Um, you're in healthcare now and we know that being outdoors has a host of mental and physical um, health benefits. So Absolutely. So what's your take on that as a healthcare practitioner and provider now? Well, I mean, I think most people know these days more than we've ever known about the importance of you know, social determinants of health, that while we at Health Partners continue to make healthcare simple and affordable, that's just 20%. Like health and wellness happens only 20% in a clinical setting, right? So that 80% is where people live, it's their relationship with the built environment, it's their relationship with green space, it's their relationship with, um, you know, their neighbors. Um, are they living in a food desert? Do they live near, you know, a local garden that provides fresh food? Do they have access to um, a farmer's market? I think to me that 80% that sits outside of our hospitals and clinics is probably the most important thing that a healthcare institution like Health Partners um, needs to make more people aware of that we actually are trying really hard to not 
have you ever come into our clinic? So if you come, we want to make sure you have a great experience, of course, but how do we make it so that you are less sick, so that you don't need our services? And so I think it's a different um, shift in the thinking and it's a different way of reframing what we mean by keeping people healthy and um, thinking about their well-being is what are we doing to make parks more accessible? Those kinds of things, right? So what does Health Partners do to encourage people to be active and outdoors and in green spaces that, that contribute to our physical and mental health? Well, in addition to the communication that we put out to our members and our patients about um, different activities that we might be leading, we also work with community-based organizations like the YMCA of the North to um, help them um, you know, make their programs known to a larger community. I know that the YMCA of the North has a lot of activities this summer for children and families and with so many things um, being closed down in the last couple of years, we're really trying to help them get the word out of activities that they're opening back up this summer. You've had the chance to visit many parts of Minnesota, both in your work and uh, personal life. What's the one thing you think is unique to Minnesota that other places wish they had? Oh. I mean, certainly we are just um, swimming in the gifts of our lakes, right? So I think there's a big um, boating culture, there's a lake culture, there's a big cabin culture that I think nowhere else um, is that excited when spring comes or when summer comes. Um, I mean, friends are already asking me, have you booked your cabin for the summer? I'm like, yes, I did that last November. Um, for this July. So I think that is something that is unique to Minnesota. I think people um, elsewhere might go away and might do something outside, but I think for us, it's all season long. And I think that's so great. So I'm always um, glad that I have friends who have cabins and have boats because I have neither. So I'm always tagging along. And that's another thing about our culture too. People like to share what they have. Do you have a favorite lake? Ooh. Um, this will be my third time going up to Crane Lake, Minnesota. And this is, you know, as far north as I think I've ever been. So we're basically sitting right next to the Boundary Waters at Crane Lake. And I love this family run um, resort called Nelson's. And this will be the third time I'm going back with my family. So I would say that's my new favorite lake. How fun. And if you couldn't live in Minnesota, if you were forced to move away, where could you see yourself living? See, this is the part where the city girl and the, and the parks girl would have trouble, right? So like I love Chicago and they have Millennium Park, but it's not the same. And New York is great. And yes, you have um, Central Park, but again, it's not the same. So I think if I had to, I would probably, you know, I think I could live in Portland because you have so many different options there. You can, you know, in a couple of hours you're you're by the sea right um you're at i don't cannon beach and you can you know relive your um goonies <laughs> goonies scene um there in the haystacks good gen x callback I that's like right it. that's right we always get forgotten i'm glad i can mention us here so you are we talked about this you're busy you're on a lot of things and you spend your time with upstream helping us think about how we celebrate and care for our natural places. Yeah. What does going upstream mean to you and how would you invite people to be upstream with us? I mean, what I love about upstream um, is not only the fun that I get to work with you and John Larson and others who care about this initiative, but 
in all of my work at the League, at the St. Paul Minnesota Foundation, and also at Health Partners is bringing unlikely people together on an issue that we all care about. And that to me is upstream, right? So no matter our political differences, no matter our um, religion, our background, we love this place that is Minnesota. And we wanna care for it. And that provides us a common space and a common language. And that's the part I'm most excited about. Well, Pua, thanks for inviting me to be in your favorite place, Boom Island in Minneapolis. Yeah. Thanks for going upstream. Thanks for having me. Fun talking to you. Thanks for listening to Voices of Upstream, a podcast celebrating Minnesota's natural places and the people who care for them. You can learn more about Upstream and the people and places we celebrate by going to www.mnupstream.org and following us on social media, at mnupstream on Instagram and Facebook and Minnesota Upstream on LinkedIn. Take 15 minutes every Friday to get outdoors to one of your favorite places and take a photo, breathe fresh air, and connect to our great outdoors. Tag your photos with hashtag Fresh Air Friday and follow us at MN Upstream. That's all for today. Onward and upstream.